Hello and welcome back to another episode of After This, the greatest podcast, or the greatest unification podcast in the entire universe. But I'm going to take the tagline of greatest podcast as well, because no one's here to stop me. Um, so with me today, I have three guests, which is uh, my partner from the other week, Imogen. And uh, I have Anna, who's in Japan, and I have Jose, who is in the Philippines. And um, why don't you guys quickly introduce yourself, and then I'll go into some YWF, WFM news. <clears throat> hi, I'm Imogen from last week. Uh, hi, I'm Jose De La Torre from the Philippines. Uh, hi, I'm Anna. I'm originally from Australia, but I live in Japan and have been here about eight years. <laughs> Which makes her our resident expert. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the Japan expert, so I'll try my best. We do have contact with a couple of people in Japan, but it's really spotty. So, like, organizing something like a podcast is really hard. So, you're our best expert we can find, which is still really better than anything else we have around, which is awesome. So, thank you for joining us, both of you. Um, so, to get off on some YWF news to begin with, um, obviously, Young World Federalists is sort of like this podcast, the Young World Federalists, the Reddit channel, they're all kind of the same people doing the same thing. They have slightly different names, but as someone put it, the Venn diagram is basically a circle that I read the other day. I thought that was a good point. Um, so, the first thing to notice is that um, I was the executive director and the president of the board, but obviously that's a lot of jobs for a lot of people. Uh, Esten McKeague, who is in Germany, is now the executive director um, because he does a lot more work now than I do because um, he, and even probably Nick now, but he, he monitors everything, organizes everything. He's really active, like really, really active. He does a lot of amazing work. So we all voted him to be the, um, the new executive director. So he's the one monitoring and, and maintaining everything and organizing things because he does such an amazing job at it. So he's an American, but he lives in Germany. Um, so the other one is it's the first birthday of the YWF on the 6th. Um, so obviously we were non-existent a year ago and now obviously there is the podcast and the Reddit is much larger and the Discord channel is at almost 400 people. And um, hey. it, it's grown enormously. Yeah, no, you know, Jose, because you're on there. <laughs> hey. We're actually going to put out a newsletter, which is sort of like... Um, you know what's happened in the past year and how much it's grown and everything else so um that should be coming to all the people that have signed up on the website to be members um who are, would be getting the newsletter obviously though we talk about it in the other channels as well um and as a result of the wfm conference that happened the other week where i got to speak um along with martin and john um, we have a lot of people joining us um, on the Discord from the rest of the WFM movement. So we're trying to really pull everyone into one place so they can start talking, and it seems to be working. It's a slow process, but it seems to be working, and I'm on a few chain emails at the moment about potential rebranding. So hopefully that's going somewhere as well, which would be awesome. A lot of different meetings being scheduled. So hopefully this is turning into something really awesome and we can reform the WFM and help that side of it become more productive. Um, so uh, on to the actual podcast, which is what I all summoned you here for, rather than just listening to me talk about amazing things. Um, <laughs> So to begin with, I'm just going to pick on the order that you introduced yourself. So Jose, you're going to go first. Um, okay. Tell me a bit about um, where you live and essentially how you came to the movement, how you heard about it, um, if you'd heard about it before, those sorts of things. All right. So uh, I am from the Philippines. I live in mm -hmm. the capital, Manila. Mm -hmm. And uh, I stumbled upon the, um, the movement or rather the World Federal, uh, Federation Movement, mm. just this year, actually. Mm. Uh, I stumbled upon when I was like <laughs> looking up research regarding um, a unified world government because mm. that has been an idea I've been nurturing within myself since mm. I was in first-year college. Yeah. So that was before I heard anything. How long ago um, was that, just out of curiosity? Um, I graduated in uh, 2018, so... 2015. Oh, you're much younger than me. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but so, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I nurtured it within myself because I wasn't really sure who else thought of the um, idea of it. I mean, I've seen yep. some websites and everything, but mm. then it was only just this year when I found out about this group. Mm. 
that was really pushing for this kind of movement. And it's actually wonderful since yeah. I finally get to talk to someone about it. Yeah. Since when I was in college, I had really had no one to talk about it. And when if I do, um, they would like either deride it or just like yeah. um, look at me, look at me weird. No, I mean that that it's it's great to hear because really the thing is that is exactly what I hear from so many people is that the problem is that before it wasn't well organized in branding is when you thought to yourself this is actually a pretty cool idea I want to go see if it exists because this happened to me as well at university back in two thousand and seven <laughs> so um, I had similar ideas and it's like oh I wonder if this exists and you don't really find much so you're like oh I guess yeah. it's not really so I'm just gonna stick to it and keep thinking it but can't do much with it um so i knew that a lot of people existed like this and that's the main kind of people we get people coming out of the woodwork saying i've always thought this i didn't realize anyone else did and i've been hammering wfm about this for a very long time that they don't realize how many thousands and thousands of people already agree with them it's just that no one knows they exist or when they do find them they don't really understand what they're doing or what they're about so um, you are a perfect test case. So <laughs> thank you for turning up, and I hope you stick around. Um, so um, Anna, please uh, go ahead. All right. Well, I think I'm a little later to the game than a few uh, than most of you. Um, I think I was here. introduced. That's what, that's I'm what here. <laughs> I was introduced to the concept by Daniel, and immediately said the thing he hates, which is good idea, but it won't work. <laughs> um, but I'm used to it. Have, no. Yeah, but I'm used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've been more, the more I get exposed to it, the more I sort of see how it could possibly work. So um, yeah. I, I generally sort of categorize myself as a raging optimist slash pacifist. <laughs> so I'm very, <laughs> I'm very optimistic about things. And I kind of, I, I, I like to think that most people have their hearts in the right place mm. in terms of the way that things are. And so I, like the idea of a world government i feel like most people will do the right thing and i just i hope that corruption doesn't sneak in there as it has in the past yeah. but uh yeah. um i'm also again a raging pacifist so the, I, the idea of war and the idea of you know fighting within countries and and between countries really bothers me so um the idea of world federalism perhaps putting a stop to that sort of thing uh mm. rather appeals to me so uh, this is sort of a big conversation we've been having recently about like the things to focus on when we brand ourselves because you know there's a million and one arguments that you could make for it and it's sort of making them concise or down to a few that make real sense and quick sense and um one of them was um that it's sort of a derivation of something i've read somewhere else but it was in the book that andreas bummel wrote about world parliament that basically democracy and the state democracy system was built around this idea that a state was like a solitary unit and that not a lot happened from outside to interfere with it or come in and out of it. Um, and what happened was over time, uh, as the world globalized, the unit more and more wasn't in control of the things that happened to it. Um, so the system that did work when things didn't move very much and stayed within countries, uh, doesn't really apply anymore because now the thing is you can't vote for a government that can control the things that are affecting you like you can vote anyone in and they won't be able to change climate change because it takes everyone else to do it or you can vote yeah. anyone in and you're not going to stop a war from breaking out you can oh maybe to some degree but the thing is like there's so many things right there and in transnational finance like what apple did when they evaded taxes because they paid like 0.12 percent on like five billion revenue or something like that because they funneled it through the right countries in the right order to come back to the US and pay virtually nothing. Um, it's stuff like that that no country can really control anymore. And there's just so much going on that's getting more and more and it's worse and worse and worse all the time that it's not so much that it's it's hard and why would you choose it? It's like it's it's absolutely necessary and we have to figure out how to get as much as that puts the burden on us to do something completely ridiculous and impossible, it's not quite impossible because it's funny that, like you were saying, um, people believe it when other people believe it because it doesn't seem like it's possible. But that's the argument, right? So as soon as you turn up with a thousand people who believe it, they're like, wait, hold on. And then another 2,000 believe it. And then, and it just, I could see this turning into an insane momentum ripple over time, which would be really awesome when it hits that sort of critical mass. Um, so Actually, thank you. 
I add one more thing to to add on. I feel like this seed you sort of planted and then I kept thinking about it. And uh, I I didn't mention this in my introduction, but I'm a teacher. I teach uh, middle school um, social studies. And and so um, kids are very... Yes. (laughs) The kids are very very honest, you know, and they're very logical and they think, you know, when they see, you know, we learn about politics and we learn about globalization, we learn about the way the world works. And then they go, well, that's stupid. Why does it work that way? And I said, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so we we sort of talk about that. And I go, you know, this sort of grew in my mind. I thought this could be done so much better. You know, globalization has done so much for the world. Um, you know, why can't we do something like this and become just that little bit more connected that would make a a lot of things that much easier. So that was another thing. Like you got these, you got these roaring record economic growth and profits, but it's not really being distributed intelligently. And it's like every country in the defense platforms, Mm -hmm. for instance, has to devise the same thing. Right. So the thing is one country will have a space program and figure out how to get a rocket into space. And then the next country will spend huge amounts of money doing the identical task. And then the identical task. There's something like 40 space programs. And they're all basically trying to do the same thing and share as little data as possible. It's like, how redundant can you get? How inefficient. I mean, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it's like the International Space Station, how they eventually built it up from a Mm. partnership of how many nations, right? Yeah, 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 no, exactly. And because they worked together on that one, it actually sort of came together and functioned and it was great. It's just there's so much overlap. It's 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 crazy. I mean, you think about economically how much mind, mental bandwidth every single day we waste on what's going on over there. What are they planning? You know, like you think of the news, you think of what the, the government has to think about every day, all this stuff that's just resources and money and time and attention and how much of it just wouldn't need to be wasted anymore if you weren't terrified of those things. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it, there's a lot. There's, there's, there's a lot of reasons. That's why there's so many books. And if I try and list them all now, it's just going to be the whole podcast and the next five. So we'll um, go back to talking to you guys about what's going on. So... Um, one thing I wanted to ask was, I guess we touched on the inspirations because you guys jumped ahead of me on that one, which is awesome. <laughs> so um, have you ever wanted to ask any of our other guests or hosts any questions or anyone in the in the WFM any questions in general? Because obviously we're sort of in touch with them as well and we could probably get answers. <laughs> um, well, this is my first time in this whole thing, so uh, I really want to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just wanted to float that out there because the thing is, obviously, then the next time I get that person on, I could ask them the question. But if you can't think of anything, that's fine. It's just tell me later and then I'll try and get them to answer on a future episode because I do get people back around for more episodes mm. um, when they have new topics and things like that. But I just wondered if there's anything burning and you had it's like, why didn't they do this or something? But maybe it'll come to you later. I can see Adam's should have been taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yourself. not taking notes. Yeah, I was enjoying myself. Um, so, okay, so the next question, this is more to do with where you guys live because this is the stuff I really want to dig into in terms of, I mean, the idea of this is really to dig into the countries you don't talk about very much because obviously the vast majority of the YWF is still either EU-based or US-based. There's a random people in other places, but it's focused there. Um, and what I want to know more of is the situation in other places. Obviously, it has to take up everywhere for it to work. Um, so I guess, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to pick on you, Jose, first. This is the precedent you set when you introduce yourself first. But um, okay. I'm going to ask you, is there anything remotely like a World Federalist Organization where you live or anything that seems to be espousing anything remotely similar? Not really. There's really nothing at all here in the Philippines. I mean, the closest we can get, uh, the Philippines can get to, mm. is the movement um, trying to transform our republic into a federalist government. That's right, the closest okay. thing yep. we have. Yeah. But however, the thing is, it's just all talk and no, um, no work mm. happening. And that, the other thing is, we also have to consider is the government that's running the country right now. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, yes. <laughs> I uh, don't like to badmouth anybody, but let's just say we see more of his cronies rather than himself at the stage. Because yeah. almost all his, um, our president's um, um, arrivals or pictures are just recorded. So mm. there's no actual live appearance of him. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then there's another thing to look at into is trying if you're going to create a world federalist movement here in the Philippines. Mm. Um, you have to make have to invest a lot of um, media movement for it, like yes. money to yep. promote it and everything. Because the thing about the us Filipinos is that we like to see drama or like to have. Okay. Um, uh, how do I say this? Um, we like to have a media circus happening. Right, okay. I mean, yeah, because... <laughs> I think um, a lot of countries do, but that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Because um, something you have to understand here is that how the gov- our uh, government works is it always runs on media on, and tries to promote, um, trying to get every outreach. It has an outreach, but the outreach is just focused on themselves and nothing on the works. So like advertising. Yeah. They're just yeah. like uh, trying to whip up everybody up with the drama, with yep. the situation, but there's no, nothing really happening. I mean, there are some notable things happening, mm. but then other than that, just it like as a high start and then suddenly drops slowly. Uh, mm. It has a drop, immediate drop. Yeah. There are people trying to keep it up, but then it's really slow. And this might be this might be me not being aware, but is the Philippines part of ASEAN or is that? Yeah, we're actually one of the founders of ASEAN. Because that's what I was wondering if there might be like a youth ASEAN thing or something there that we might is, be able to actually. get in touch with. Because I, I thought might, they I'm might not, be kind of, you know. Well, yeah, ASEAN, our ASEAN actually, the Philippines ASEAN, has been yeah. trying to promote better cooperation amongst our states. Um, I remember there was actually a time when we were actually considering an open border policy. Yeah. But then um, there was a problem with um, with others, especially with the China interference, mm. especially with our government. Ugh, I don't want even to talk about the China. <laughs> our government is slapping up China. Yeah. It's really harsh as it is. Um, there are times where um, us um, free mind, liberal thinking Filipinos, yeah. fear the day that uh, we will just end up becoming a colony of China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally understand. I mean, it's it's a legitimate concern because I mean, it's so close. There's so much money. Like, I mean, it's yeah. in, you know you sort of. Like, I mean, it's 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 a more intense version of the situation Australia is stuck in because like Australia is caught between America and China in a lot of ways, but you guys even more so because you're right up. You're right yeah. up and close. So, like, it's much more intense. Um, so just for everyone here, because as well as for myself, because I can't actually remember what the acronym stands for. Can you remind me what ASEAN stands for? It's Association of Southeast Asian Nations. That's right. It's, okay. Yep. Yeah. I knew it's what like it covered. Basically, but, yeah. the European <laughs> Union, but then we decided to just make it for an ASEAN exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Because see, the thing is that at least is starting to challenge kind of the primacy of national boundaries, at least. So the thing is, we might be able to work with people that you know are invested in that kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, it's good to know though. I didn't, I couldn't remember if ASEAN was Filipino as well, um, but that's that's really good to know. So um, yeah, no, very good point about um, your government and the troubles that you definitely <laughs> have there. We all yeah. all very aware. Um, so Anna, please uh, explain. The deep and rich cultural tapestry of Japan to us. No, sorry. <laughs> right. As a you know, as a, as a Japanese person, I can. <laughs> no, obviously I. <laughs> obviously, I'm going to have some limits. You know. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I'm going to have some limits not being Japanese myself, but I'll try my best. Yeah, um, actually, yeah, more of what I did uh, because again, I'm not Japanese and I can't talk from that perspective. Um, what I did was I went on a Google deep dive into all the uh, federation, mm-hmm. sort of world federation movements that, that uh, you know, organizations that exist. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how active are they? Um, are they just, uh, you know, uh, uh-huh. yeah, I just wanted to see what they were doing. So <laughs> I went through and I had the handy help of my husband, who is Japanese, uh, mm-hmm. to look over my shoulder and say, hmm, and tell me what he thinks. <laughs> so I'll, I'll sort of just tell you kind of a general idea. Is there um, a lot of the main hums? Mm. A few, yeah. <laughs> maybe, actually, maybe let me introduce my general idea. So my, yep, from sure. my very outside perspective, I feel like Japanese people would be open to the World Federalist Movement on one hand and on the other hand, maybe very suspicious of it. And I'll tell you both. So the reason why I feel like they may be open to it mm. is, one, obviously, post-World War II, uh, they're very 
focused on this idea of like, let's have no more war, let's ban nuclear war warfare, and if you're everything like that, you know, it's it, let's have peace forever and so yeah, on. And that's a that's a that's a very uh, that's a common trait uh, if you look at all the different sort of movements that I'm going to have a look through in a moment. But mm. um, I feel like on that point, it may be uh, Japanese people would be very open to it if it were in that sort of stream. Yeah. They're also really into the um, uh, SDGs recently, the the UN's uh, development goals. So the um, I've seen that everywhere. So I think maybe you know the climate change or uh, you know the difference for again. Uh, sustainable development goals oh, SDGs from the UN. Yeah, SDGs. Oh, sorry, SDGs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, it started off with the Millennium Goals, uh, but they've sort of evolved into something else that's so sustainable development goals, and it encompasses things like human rights, um, climate change, uh, environmental protection, lots of different things like that. Mm. But um, anyway, that's uh, all over the place, especially with the Olympics uh, going on. There was a lot of connection between those two yeah. things. So. Anyway, so on that hand, I feel like Japanese people may be very open to this as an idea. Yeah. On the other hand, um, Japan has a really funny uh, history in terms of sort of cults and religions. <laughs> and, I, and the hmm, looking over my shoulder of my husband was very much like, it, that looks like a religious organization, Ayashi, which is like, that's suspicious. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> So uh, the first one I looked at was the World Federalist Movement of Japan, which is yep. WFMJapan.org, Sekai Denpo Undo Kyokai. And the website on the WFM just says does not exist. But I sort of went through and I found their actual website, and it looks like, like it was WFM made in the early 2000s. Not date website? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it looked like it was made in the early 2000s, um, and yep. their Twitter has been quiet since 2017. Um, mm. But there was something on their page from 2019 in May, but nothing mm. else. And this was the specific website that Hiroshi looked over my shoulder and was like, Ayashi. <laughs> yep. uh, and then they specifically said that they were organized, like, you know, they were established in 1948 um, alongside the creation of the World Federation of Religions of Japan. Right, okay. Yep. And this was in the time where, like, post-World War II was the peak time of all these new cults because yeah. um there was a lot of religious persecution in japan for anything that wasn't shinto or buddhism and these new mm. religions that sort of came about when um, you know japan was closed off to the world for about yeah. 300 years yeah. and then yeah. america knocked on the door and was like hey open up so they opened <laughs> up <laughs> um, it wasn't really then, an open up they just basically kicked the door yep. yeah basically yeah uh, and then after that, a lot of missionaries came in and, and the Japanese government was still very much like, no, no, no. Um, after World War II, uh, a lot of those sort of the state Shinto was taken away. Um, mm -hmm. It was uh, sort of not allowed anymore. So Shinto still exists as a religion, but state Shinto was not allowed. So the emperor is not right, divine okay. anymore. Yeah. So after that, I feel like uh, a lot of it's sort of often described as a lot of people feeling very lost and not sure where mm -hmm. to turn to prime uh, cult territory right there. It's sort of like uh, the so delayed a delayed thing that happened in America in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. 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 And so a lot of this uh, sort of spiritual healing and, you know, prosperity and social harmony and these sorts mm. of groups that were promoting those sorts of things um, happened around that time, you know, mm. and, and on through, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there's the famous sort of terror attacks later on in the, you know, 80s and 90s that happened with yeah. a couple of the, culty religions so <laughs> that being said this was like Mixed prime time it, when yeah. those things were happening so immediately i was suspicious of this website <laughs> yeah yeah of course um, and then you were pretty high enough, yes yeah pretty ayashi and i <laughs> did send them a message earlier that uh, earlier before i saw that so i'm waiting yep. to hear from them let's see what yep. happens <laughs> we have had a lot of trouble like emailing and getting reliable contact the thing is like as something I've noticed, and it's probably the case in Japan as well, that there's a lot of movements and like older organizations across the world in general that still sort of exist, but they sort of are a bit isolated because um, obviously this whole thing started in 47. So it, a lot of these organizations are as old as that, and they've just changed name and stuff since then. And a lot of them are pretty old, and they're old people, and they don't really understand uh, how to adapt all this stuff for modern technology. And so they don't really bother because it's too hard. So the thing is, there's all these like hidden reservoirs of people that you sort of 
break open when you can finally establish contact. But it's it's tricky. I mean, that's why I was talking with Imogen the other week about World Party. There's Toshio, who's in Japan, and most of them seem to be in Bangladesh. <laughs> and it's this I had a look at World Party split. as well, yeah. Yeah, and they have this whole conference thing, and there was like 20-something of them in this room, and they were meeting and having meals and like a speaker and everything. And I'm like, how do these people have virtually no web presence? But they, they do have a bit of one, and it's stuff like that. Yeah. Their English site was actually better than uh, some of the others. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I was having a <laughs> okay. yeah, I was having a flick through uh, that as well. Um, and they yeah, they sort of had a bunch of different things talking about how uh, you know if we were to have a, a representative government, this is how we would do it. We would base it on how many billions of people or millions of people are in your country and and mm. things like that. They sort of they had some actual here is how it would work, which was yep. kind of interesting. So are, you, so are you saying from your perspective that you think that one, there's, there's two prongs of it basically, and one side is that they're very pro-peace, very let's move on from war kind of thing, and you can probably do a lot with that to get some cooperation going. But at the same time, they're very paranoid because a lot of them are crazy religious cults? Yeah, that's, that, that's my general, that's again my outside perspective. Yeah. Is that the and essence then I found of a the couple, bad side? Okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, that's pretty much the essence. So I feel like people would be very suspicious of those yep. culty ones. Um, and then not as bad as, as the I, character's problems. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I found another one that uh, it was called the 21st Century Forum of WFM. Pay homage to the universe. Um, and <laughs> that was it. Had a lot of the oh, same man. content. It had Sorry. a lot of the same content of the WFM Japan, um, but the website looked much more flashy. Yeah. Um, Yes, but uh, I was looking through and they had a bunch of uh, speakers recently and I don't know if they were online or in person, but you had to book for them and everything was closed. But it was quite a recent one. But it was right. some okay. random sensei who was uh, <laughs> talking about <laughs> creating future <laughs> happiness for all, uh, creating happiness for all future generations. Um, yep. And he was a physicist. So I'm not quite, I don't know, it's not a little culty okay. to me. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I uh, I'm on board. Let's do it, Anna. <laughs> for future generation. <laughs> Let's go see yeah. Sensei. No, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know what you mean. Like, there's a lot, and it's not just Japan that has these. Like, there's a lot of these, like, where it's sort of mixed up with uh, a religious organization, and it's kind of hard to tell uh, what their angle is, whether they've just also happened to be religious, or it's the whole basis of what they're doing, and they're completely yeah. off track from where you are. Um, I remember. Um, it was actually a really good point that Nick made. So Nick's the co-founder, obviously, of the YWF. You probably might have heard him last week, but he made a really good point that um, in America, the problem is that there's this general undercurrent that mixes in with the Christianity there that because it says in the Bible or something that apparently um, that Jesus will create a world government and it will be holy and Christian and everything else, and that's the right one. Anyone who tries to do it before that is an imposter and uh, and like a heathen and is going I, to destroy I, the world. I believe he used the term antichrist. Yes, antichrist. So <laughs> basically, so we're we kind are the of like coming up against this thing where people might think we're the antichrist because we're <laughs> trying to get to it before Jesus. Um, so. That's a big concern that we have in America, obviously. So the, the concerns we have in Japan actually sound quite reasonable. Things that we could talk to them about. <laughs> hey, uh, okay. hey, hey, Daniel, could you shut up for a sec? I have a question. Fair enough. Um, Jose and Anna, I was just wondering, um, this is something I see in Australia, and Daniel kind of touched on this, but I'm going to go for the opposite uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. um, how is is there a lot of political disengagement in the Philippines and Japan. What I mean by that is like when we when we learn about certain political sort of climates and we learn about sort of constant issues, do people ever just get super bummed out and they're like, do you know what? I just I don't want to hear about this anymore. I don't want to deal with this because the thing is we are so saturated by information. Like in on the one hand, we're we're more connected than we've ever been. So we've got like probably the best example I have is like the Facebook feed. Like a lot of people get their news. Like I know Daniel, for example, he gets mm. all of his news from Facebook because he gets a feed and it constantly updates, right? And mm. then there's also like all these online forums and news.com and all that stuff. So do you find in in your countries is there also a group of people that are 
just disengage. Like the world has too many problems and we just don't want to know about it and I don't care about politics. Is that something that you come up? Because I do see this in Australia where we're just so overwhelmed where we're like, I just can't deal. I just don't want to know how terrible things are anymore. Mm. Mm, well, well, for the Philippines, it's actually a mixed bag. Okay. Because um, on one hand, there are people who are really desaturated about the whole political news and how like how terrible everything is and everything. But then on the other hand, we have people who don't want to talk about politics because they cannot get the information directly to them. Yeah. Mm. They're like in the provinces and in the uh what's this? Yeah, in far flung areas. I mean, mm. I remember that um in an election two years uh the the presidential elections here in the Philippines, 2016. Um, one of the voters was uh, interviewed and and asked about this politician who won as a senator. The problem with that senator was he had multiple cases of graft and corruption, and that um, he was involved with some kind of sort of shady deals. Mm. The thing was, he still won the election because majority of his voters were from the provinces, and um, the the main thing that about them is that they only know him as an actor because mm. before his political career he was actually a movie star a well-known movie star before right. going into to the so he's like the filipino the, reagan yeah but the thing is majority <laughs> of our uh, about the uh, filipino reagan we have lots of filipino reagan half of our um, government <laughs> is either from the uh is either a an we artist way reagan. way back before um, uh, this, the end of martial law, or came from a family of um, artists. So basically, of, or media personnel. I mean, yep. half of them are well-known. One of them, one of our um, well-known um, congressmen, uh, congressman, and then later on senator, was actually the boxer Manny Pacquiao. And he only became a uh, joint politics because he wanted to help more, quote unquote. But yep. then he has the most, um, he has the highest absentee record in, <laughs> in Congress and Senate. I just want to do something productive, man. And, and yeah. like, you elected, what are you going to do? Oh, take a nap, you know. Election was big work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Political disengagement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the problem really is how getting the information to them. So yeah. they would become engaged rather than they're involuntarily being disengaged from the whole thing. Yeah. And look, this is a really important thing for us to know because the thing is, obviously, the situation we face in different countries, we need to know what kind of message we're actually sending because obviously, as you can see, two completely different situations with two completely different messages. Um, so, no, awesome. But, all right, Anna. I don't know if I really have a good answer to this one. Um just a very vague uh, general, like the people around me. Um, mm. When I speak to people my age, uh, if I talk about voting and I say, oh, no, in Australia, you know, you have to vote or you get a fine, they go, oh, wow, I've never voted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they're like 30. Like, really? Is that um, how Shinzo stuck around so long? <laughs> yeah, probably. It's all, the, it's all the old people, you know, that, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't, yeah. um, I, I don't, sorry, I don't really have a good, uh, I, grasp on on how much uh whether that's just the people that i am mm. that i surround myself with or <laughs> i you know again being an international school teacher i'm also surrounded by a lot of people who can't vote uh, yeah, including true. myself so uh yeah unfortunately political uh participation but, is not oh uh, well at least we know that, that there does about. seem to be some level then there of people just not even bothering because they're not really <laughs> yeah. engaged but yeah, so oh, who knows how big that actually is? Yeah, I just, I again, I just, I, I think it's an interesting point because, like, like it comes back to Daniel's point of it's good to know because it'll probably help, you know, moving forward. The movement will be able to consider, like, I suppose the type of information and the mm. way to reach out to people. Because, yeah. for example, if you wanted to reach out to me, I never use Facebook, so there's no point in putting anything on Facebook because I'll never say it. So. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's um it is interesting. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. No, this is the kind of information we're going to have to get more and more. Like at the moment, almost everything we have is concentrated again on the US and the EU because that's where most mm-hmm. of our members are. That's where most of our information is. So, but Daniel, world just, party. We got to get world party happening. Which is now. super active in Stop. Bangladesh. Stop. So, that's clearly our next <laughs> big place. Let's jump on, guys. Let's get our party hats <laughs> well, on. Martin made a really good case for like expanding like crazy into Africa. So, we're oh, really yeah, trying to help so him with that. Because he did not realize how much of that place was youth. So it was really amazing actually hearing from him. Um, all right. So, I had, I had one more thing to talk about young people. I, I, I had. I had one more yeah. that I wanted to say. So there's a place called, uh, there's an organization called World Federalist Movement Youth Forum. And I got excited and I thought, oh, maybe this is like, you know, yeah. YWF. Maybe yeah, this is something hats. similar. <laughs> party hats on indeed. <laughs> um, so I went there and it's called, uh, it's like y, uh, WFM uh, hyphen YF.org. And they, uh, I clicked on their About Us page and the guy is a nice sprightly 80 or so <laughs> and, and I think he, yeah but I also go. saw the guy uh, from world party uh, uh, there was another guy there that looked a little bit younger perhaps in his 40s which is generally pretty young in Japan anyway so yeah. you know yeah. that's our that's our um, youth forum that was my last uh, organization that I looked at um, other than world party uh, yeah. but I saw Daniel's face on the Facebook page, and I was like, ah, he probably knows about that. I'm not going to bother researching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, World okay, Part is the only one I've had much contact with. Sorry? Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I feel like they've really nailed the youth by having an 80-year-old dude and a 40-year-old <laughs> dude, when technically youth stops at 25. So, they've, yeah, they've nailed that. Well done, guys. I'm I the problem, they I'm were probably young when it started. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were 17 until the internet kicked in, and then they and then they're like, ah. For them. <laughs> Changing names is hard, you know. We'll just name you. It's fine. We're just. This is going to be go. Daniel in forty years. Yeah, exactly. This is my young hip walking cane. <laughs> um, yes, it probably will be me because we don't know if we're ever going to change the name or how that's going to work. So because we've done a bit already. Um, so all right. So you gave me some great, um, great answers about whether something would pop up where you live, Jose. Then I'm going to direct this question at you because okay. you sort of haven't necessarily touched on it so if something did pop up so if there was a world federalist organization that did pop up and it was like relatively well branded relatively competent you know it's not just a mess um (laughs) how do you think the reception would be amongst what you've seen in the country well the start is people would just like start scratching their head and saying what's what's this about so then um but then by then i I would think that maybe there would pick up there will be yep. people who would actually join because they're really interested yeah uh, but then might taper off unless unless this organization really keeps the uh, momentum going yeah and really um pushes forward with their programs or whatever is they're um pushing for the only yep. issue i you think have have i can stuff happening yeah mm-hmm. the only yeah. thing i would really be worrying about them is really um if they get on the they step on the wrong toes of um, certain generals or politicians. Yeah. Because really, that's, I mean, we had recently, we had two artists, uh, female artists from top brand um, stations yeah. who went to join this um, Zoom meeting with a well known women's rights um, political party. Mm. They're actually um, well connected. Everybody knows that um, they might be firebrand and everything, but everyone knows mm. they're a legit political party. And then a day after, a uh, general from the Philippines, the armed forces of the Philippines, suddenly starts saying, um, telling Miss Angel Oxine and, and the other artists saying, be careful going to Gabriela, to this party, because they might have um, red links. They're like red tagging right. the, okay. um, the party. When everybody really knows is that while they may be firebrand and may work alongside some of the uh, more revolutionary so mm. to speak, um, political parties, they're well, they're more streamlined for they're like um they're still concerned with um non-red movements. They're they're not yeah, really yeah. they're still sort of stuck in the anti-communist kind yeah. of yeah. Um, so sphere. It's really it's really um hard and yeah. worrisome for this for should this organization exist, that they'll have to be very careful in what landmines should they be willing yeah. to step on? Yes, yeah, sorry. Anything, 
Sorry, oh, sorry. I just wanted to clarify. When you say red movements, you're you mean communist movements? Is yeah, that communist. Yep, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. I just I just wanted to clarify because yeah. I'm like, I have I the think communist that's what it means. party. Out of yeah. curiosity, is there anything? Because obviously, what happened when we had the Cold War is that all these different countries interpreted the you know the horror of communism as different things um, because they focused on different aspects, and obviously the Americans did a really good job of selling it to all these different countries as the thing that they were most afraid of. Um, is there anything in particular about red movements and communist movements in the Philippines that is like the big thing that gets everyone fired up? Yes, actually, that's been involved our actually history since um, the Spanish colonization. Okay, mm. since I am also a history major, um, mm-hmm. masters, I'm taking masters in history, mm. and very we, handy. Um, yeah. We have been reading upon and, and really looking into it. That majority of our history really focuses on land reforms mm. and um, um, better access from the government. So the thing about yep. land reforms is because we have hacienderos or like really big land owners, like mm. plantation owners. So yep. the farmers there want to have um, their own land, yep. but then the government is backing the big time land owners. Yeah. Up until now, actually. Even some of our politicians really are related or actually directly related to these landowners. Mm. It's funny thing about this actually. Um, our entire government can be traced to big time landowners since the Spanish colonization during the Spanish colonial period. Mm. So really everything is linked towards um, land reform. That's yeah. what's the that main their economic level. Do you think the fact that they are more likely to be richer and and maybe more i don't know it, it, would that be connected to that at all or more or um can you clarify more just oh sorry uh, i mean just you know if if for, i'm i'm just imagining and not having much context but uh that uh, i'm thinking about like uh, you know plantation owners and things would be very rich they would have lots of money um, mm-hmm. more likely to be perhaps be able to send their kids to a university, make those yeah. connections and therefore be able mm-hmm. to join government, that sort of thing. Whereas people growing up in you know provinces or, or things like that might not have that opportunity. Mm. Um, actually, like is, is network a really big deal, I suppose, in, in the Philippines? Like who yeah, you know is really Networking is actually matters. a big deal. I mean, mm. um, I remember we actually have one of these books published in the Philippines discussing yeah. about... Um, the ways how the Filipino elites still mm. remained in power for so long. And one of yeah. the things they actually discussed there are marriages mm. and fam- uh, fam- uh, familial collection. Mm. I mean, have, um, regarding the senator that I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to drop names. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that senator was actually married to a, um, a political family in somewhere in the Philippines, and that's how he jumped, he sprung towards the government. Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, going back to the uh, um, quest, Daniel's question, it's, um, it would be hot. Ho- What's this? Oh, yeah. Okay, I got confused, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what was your question again, Daniel? Just the, so, okay, just... so my original question was basically, uh, okay, wait, winding way back, because we went off on lots of tangents, uh, which is always yeah. fun. Um, so I think my original question was, if something did pop up. Oh, no, sorry. No, no. We went forward from that. My, my question was, <laughs> what was the problem with red organizations? Like, what was ah, the yeah. focus? Because obviously, again, in America, it's, yeah, a reform. lot of it is like uh, the market is American and it's freedom and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And that's how they think of it. So communism is the opposite of that. So, and it's not the same everywhere. So I was wondering where, where it is with you guys, what the focal point was. But like you said, land reform. Ran- land reforms hmm. but the thing is how um the americans presented it as a way that um com- the communists would be taking away the lands from the big land owners mm. yeah. and as you can you can draw your conclusions from there that yeah. the, the land owners were scared so they placed all their bets on supporting the american-backed governments mm. so there yeah okay so yeah so the big things are because i wasn't sure when i was thinking about it i wasn't sure if it was going to be more like the way they presented it in um uh parts of africa and the central asia because the way they presented it there was they know no one really cares about all of that stuff the big thing that they wanted to hammer on was that it was anti-christian 
and that it was going to get rid of religion. And because that was the big Achilles heel in those areas. So that's why I was like, we hammer on this and they'll never want it ever because they're so religious. So I wondered if the same thing was going to be the case with Catholicism in, in um, the Philippines. But no. If- because, um, yeah, land reforms really is the main focal point. I mean, okay, cool. We've had um, it's much easier rebel to do, groups. But... I mean, I know for a fact that some um, churches actually been work alongside um, what some of the government's ragtag, so to speak. Yeah. And because they genuinely, everybody really wants a good um, land reform. Mm. One that would actually benefit everybody. Like yeah. the farmers, the actual workers of the farmland, as well as compensating the big landowners. Mm. We had yeah. one in previous administration, but it was also hammered back by the um, infighting among those landowners who didn't actually want such a thing yeah. to happen. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I, I mean, the thing is, ultimately, with the kind of movement we're doing, that because of the federal structure of it, you wouldn't necessarily be even getting involved in a country's land reform laws or anything like that. But what you yeah. would be, what would technically happen is everyone would then be in a system that would be applying ambient pressure to those kinds of issues. It's just that you wouldn't come in and say, we're going to do this and challenge this and challenge this. You're coming in and saying, we're going to be part of this system to solve these problems. It's just also probably going to happen to affect a lot of sub-issues in all these different countries, whether in more equitable meta-systems, I guess you'd call them. Um, anyway, cool. No, it's really, again, very good information for me to know because obviously um, as we get more and more people e-telling off Barney. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He's starting to growl at me because he, he wants things. So sorry, I'm just going to put myself on mute and deal with him. I'll be right back, guys. Sorry. <laughs> we have a dog named Barney who a lot of people have seen and heard on this podcast before <laughs> and a cat named Ghostbusters because we thought he was going to be deaf. And the funny joke was that you can't call Ghostbusters because he's deaf. So it's be, <laughs> who are you going to call? Not the cat because he's deaf. But yeah, hey, Barney. Anyway, so um, no, fantastic information because like uh, getting this more active in Asia, especially for someone living in Australia, I am probably going to have a lot more to do with the people who are in Asia than I am going to have to do with the people who are in the US and Europe because our time zones are similar. We're close to each other. You know, there's a lot of, Mm-hmm. geopolitical issues that affect both of us like china's presence and everything else like it there's a lot of things so it's, it's very good for me to get more engaged with this sort of stuff i did actually have um so anaisha is the one i wanted to bring on um who's in india but because she has been bugging me about coming on this podcast constantly like perfect opportunity we're doing good about asia and she hasn't replied yet so um i will get her later <laughs> yeah no i was just the sad slobby seconds like <laughs> someone else and daniel's like look you're not doing anything with your life why don't you come on and i was like oh right. yes. imogen i really right. enjoyed your hard-hitting questions to, to daniel the other week it was, it was great i don't think we hear hear it quite enough of that uh, <laughs> I will Jose, you, you might want to go back and listen to that back. one it's basically just imogen asking me like terrible questions but like no, no, why no, did you no, fail no. at everything all right <laughs> clarify that i asked daniel why he's so terrible i wasn't asking you terrible questions like let's be specific i guess that's a very entertaining question so like big recommendation anyone out there that wants to just hear image and give me crap for 20 something minutes go back and listen to that it was like two episodes ago or something like that let's Um, also let's also just clarify it was it was structured crap it was structured that's random questions in a random order um, okay, no, so I just I'm... I was cackling for like thirty minutes. It was great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now I want to hear this podcast <laughs> <laughs> again. Just go back like two of them, and it's the short. <laughs> um, it's because we'd been moving because our house got ran by a car, and then we were like moving house as part of this insurance thing, and so we had very little time. And it was like, oh, I go do a podcast recording. So we just did twenty something minutes of. Um, Oh, and no one can see the video because you're listening to this podcast, but uh, <laughs> we can see our cat, Ghostbusters, who is quite young. Um, so, hold on, I'll get back to these questions that I wrote down to see if I can get towards guys. the end. We've actually done really, we've actually taken up quite a lot of time. Um, 
So we actually kind of touched on the how can we better spread the idea where you are because you've kind of talked about that already, which is really good. Uh, I'm just going to jump straight to the last question because I love asking people this question, which is basically if you were like deemed the, the grand emperor of the entire World Federalist Movement, every single person in it, you could talk to everyone at once. You know, you're like some kind of uber hive mind or something. Like emperor of mankind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like 40k. Except you're also a hive mind and you're in everyone's brain. <laughs> so you know where they all are. Like, I guess that is the emperor in 40k. So um, if you were this person and you could make decisions for a day, uh, what would you do with the movement? Where would you push it? What kind of guidance would you give it? I'm going to pick on Jose first because, again, that is the cycle we are picking on people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd probably say better space program, like a mandatory. That's the closest thing I can no. think of. I, yeah. I'm not talking about like an established world government. I'm talking ah. about right now with the people who are already like involved in the movement. There's something like oh. 1,000 people. Um, ah, okay. If you had control over this and you wanted to make it more successful uh, and you could tell them to do anything, what would it be? What, what thing would you get them to do? And because you misunderstood the question, I'm going to go to Anna and come back to you now. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> so, Anna, you are... Let me get, give me time. <laughs> day. What is All right. your first decree? My Written first decree. Your peasants. I always <laughs> thought that the, the way that kind of we can say it's kind of like the EU, but for everywhere. Yep. <laughs> I, I kind of want that. I, I feel like that message might work better than let's have a world government now. And mm -hmm. so I kind of perhaps I would suggest that world federalist movements would try to sort of like we have uh, ASEAN or like we have the EU, you know, group mm -hmm. together with your immediate countries nearby that have common values so it's easier start mm. with that then be like oh actually we should connect with that other one because we have mm. you know our organizations have common values i don't know i always felt like that would be the easier way to go mm. break it up into smaller bits so i feel like that's what i would do if i had a day i would force them to go and organize that way and a then hope that they just continue to yeah just yep. little regional unions um yep. you know and we can yeah, no, maybe we can try and connect up with new zealand it's kind, of, it's kind of the um, complicated. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll just explain this point. It's kind of the complicated way that, like, the things have um, come together over time. Is that there's so much confusion about where to apply effort, uh, because essentially it's such a big problem, obviously. But what we've sort of settled on, at least in the YWF, the way we've sort of seen it, is that on one hand you need to have this consolidated philosophical movement. I guess you'd call it, which is like, no one knows what this is. No one's ever heard of it. Get everyone to understand what we're talking about. So like, it's yeah. kind of like spreading the concept at, the, at its loosest sense. And it's sort of what my video, um, what is world federalism mm. was all about. That's what the point of that was. And, um, stuff. Oh, I like definitely that. don't want to abolish that. And no, I think no, no, there no. still I'm, needs I'm, to be an umbrella sort of yeah. organization that then sort of coordinates everything but each and this is the campaigns yeah what you're talking about is the campaigns and that's um like the oh oh we just lost anna <laughs> i think she dropped out i don't know if she lost her internet uh i'm gonna answer the question oh, oh no wait. she's back oh, she's back hello i'm sorry back. all right cool <laughs> i'm back <laughs> <laughs> my phone told me i've been using too much social media today okay so. <laughs> just just to answer the question we basically yeah. have the the movement over here and we have campaigns essentially and campaigns is like um the umpa which is the united nations parliamentary assembly which is kind of have a loose thing with elected members to then build up from that um, and then we have ideas like that. It's something called a union of democracies. This is an idea. Uh, there's the world security community, which is kind of like all the democratic nations forming a security block that's kind of like an uber NATO. Um, there's a lot of like campaigns that are focused on different routes and methods, but I don't know if there's one specifically about that yet. So it is an idea definitely worth pursuing because I think it does simplify the message to a degree. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to explain that that's very something that we could definitely do um, and just how the structure kind of works. Um, yeah, so no, no, cool idea, though. We, I will definitely um, keep that one. All right, now, Jose, you are yeah. emperor. You know, <laughs> they've, they've sworn you in. They've shot your rivals. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
the Philippine oh. election. Oh. And <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> sorry, no, go ahead. I'll probably <laughs> just um, ask the the movement to go for a one massive, massive media campaign yep. just to put our idea out there. Like, really, just throw it out. Yeah. Just to get like put it in everybody's um, mm. just like let everybody hear it. Yeah. Just like that. So when. When that day ends, like people are wondering, what's this movement about? What are they? Exactly. What was that? What was that? What was that even? Yeah, yeah. And then no, they no, can start picking up. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I, that I, would I, work in a lot of countries. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I it agree. would. Just like throw it in. This is the big thing I talk about. That like the more and more people <laughs> yes. that hear that other people like it, the more this movement gets because that is really the only thing that people sort of pick on like in large amounts is that I won't work. No one else will go for it, that kind of thing. So when you just demonstrate how many other people are involved, yeah. it really quickly flips a huge chunk of people. Um, so I am completely with you on that. I think as like a very first thing to do, just getting everyone to understand the questions. I mean, you think about the 1800s, right? The 1800s, no one was having a conversation about communism and capitalism. Right, and that was the big hot topic in the 20th century. Sorry, Daniel, I'm I'm going to cut in there. They were just you weren't invited. That's true. <laughs> I also wasn't alive, which didn't help my invitation that's, status. Well, yeah, that's also right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like no one was having that conversation. And the thing is, in the 20th century, though, everyone knew what those things were, so then they could have a conversation. So like, there was a debate between the two sides. At the moment, virtually no one knows what this is. So there's no debate. No one knows it exists. You can't talk about it. So the very first thing is just to make everyone know it exists, even if they hate it. And then a huge chunk love it and a huge chunk hate it and whatever. There's a debate that starts and then you can build off that. Um, can I add one more uh, thing to my being emperor for a day? Oh, you're, yeah. you're the emperor for 24 hours. So, yeah, you've got <laughs> well, so one more thing. I'm going to make Daniel write the World Federalist Manifesto. <laughs> and we'll put his outline, you know, on the on the front cover. Uh, get that out there. <laughs> I think Eston actually wrote a really good one, the new ED, because, again, he has a lot more time than I do. Um, and what I've noticed is because almost everyone who's really active is in North America and the EU, they do it all while I'm asleep. And then I wake up and then I check out all the things and it's like, oh, they've done all this stuff. And like, oh, it's actually really good work. I'm not really needed anymore. I'm just going to go do something else now. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it's good though because like awesome to see the, um, the movement kind of have this energy of its own because when I used to do the United Republic of Humankind back in 2014, 2015, which is like the first thing I ever did, which is where this tattoo was from which is the logo for that because it was the first thing I ever did. Um, that was one or two years and it was almost completely dependent on me having a lot of energy because as soon as I stopped because I I didn't have a plan anymore for what to do next, it just fell apart within like two months. This, I was super active doing uni and it just kept going on its own. So this is a really awesome movement now. And yes, Ghostbusters is again in the frame as you can see here. Um, Really cute, and if he's in a dark room, you will never see him, which is really great because he runs away from you like you're playing Chasey, and he runs into a dark room and he wins. <laughs> so, um, always fun, it's always fun with him, anyway. Um, I'm gonna sort of wrap up because this has been an amazing episode. We've actually gone for an hour and five minutes, which is a long episode for us. Um, wait. No, 58 minutes ago. I'm looking at different numbers. Still really good. So thank you very much, um, Anna and Jose and Imogen, for coming on the podcast this week. Um, I am more than happy to get you all on again. Maybe if I get an Asia, we can have like a follow-up or we can do something else to do with Asia. Because, again, I want to do more about this part of the world. Um, so anyway, unless you have... guys have any... Sorry, I, I, no, just go have... Ahead, go ahead. I just have one question. Anna, your idea of sort of you know, grouping people together and sort of getting people to talk to each other in the region. Did that stem from your teaching where you have a bunch of kids and uh, no one wants to hang out with everyone, so you kind of force people to be friends? Is that is that <laughs> because I was thinking if we maybe amalgamated prototype government. <laughs> maybe if we amalgamated this idea of you have to be friends, then with Jose's <laughs> campaign and we 
you know, Maybe we, I we, can we, use my teacher voice. I don't know. Yeah, well, that's yeah, it. We'll yeah. use your teacher voice. We'll use Jose's campaign. And then we'll spread the media around being like, you're going to be friends with everyone. Everyone. And you're going to like us. And we're going to be nice or else. We're all going to be part of World We're all going to wear our hats. <laughs> so yeah, that's that was the question I wanted to ask before before Daniel rudely cut me off to keep talking about something he's talking about. That's so. fair enough. I really hope Perhaps. that there is a campaign that says you have to be friends and it's written in the angry letters. Just all and, and, and I'll do the, the voiceover of Don't make me teacher. use my teacher voice. That's exactly what you'd be using. Because <laughs> <laughs> you need people to listen. because um, as I learned yeah. from chemistry, I had this Scottish teacher when I was in the UK doing school, and she was terrifying. She was just, she'd like whack the table and yell at you, and it was like <laughs> Lady Braveheart coming to get you. So um, that was... Um, in my history class the other day, I had a student stand up and um, explain why we, uh, why World War One used trench warfare, and I said, okay, everyone get an eraser. Okay, <laughs> now... <laughs> <laughs> stand at the front of the room. So I do that. I, I use fear a lot in my class. It was great. <laughs> but it sinks uh, in, you know. That yeah. They remember. I really hope this is just like the, the teaching style you're bringing to Japan. It's yeah. mostly fear-based. <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind of qualifications yeah. do you have, Anna? I'm terrifying. I, <laughs> I bring Fair enough. That's a good one. Um, anyway, thank you very much, everyone, for coming. I, I'm more than happy to have all of you back on the show again when I think of another interesting topic to do it on. Um, so thanks very much, and I will see you all later. Thanks so Can much. I say I'm still Anna? Yes, you can say you're still Anna because you're Shannon in this case. Yes. It means Imogen, you have to say my name is Imogen because you're the de facto Carla. Okay, um, so I say... Then, Jose, you have to think up something really unique and different that no one else has ever used before, so no pressure. I just need the link so I know where to go in. That's, that's cool. We'll cue you. We'll go. Am I going first, Daniel? Yes, you are, because you're okay. Carla at this instance. So, is it my name is or my name has been? Is. My no, name no, no, is... I've been Carla. I've been Carla, yeah. All right. All right. I've been Imogen. <laughs> And Jose's next, I'm... and then it's Al, and then it's Anna. I've <laughs> been Joey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Anna. And I'm still Anna. Well, Yay! it's like nothing changed except the voices, faces, and people. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I will see you all later. And Jose, I hope you get more involved because, again, big vacuum in Asia. It's basically just me and you and a few other people over here. So <laughs> let's do it. All right. See you later, guys. <laughs> guys. All right. Thank you all.